Hey, y'all, if you enjoy watching your podcast, which seems kind of weird, watching your podcast, but some people really enjoy that. So we have a YouTube channel. You can find it at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. It's also linked up in the show notes. You can hit subscribe. And several of these interviews are actually in person. So you can watch that. Again, that is at Heather Parody on YouTube. Your soul. <laughs> How's that for an intro? Your soul. Is it good? Is it bad? And where is God and source in all of this? A couple months ago, I was thinking about this show and I thought, I want to connect with folks who bridge the gaps between spirituality and real life and creativity. And I ran across this guy on Instagram. His name is Ariemi Ariasoye. And it literally says on his Instagram profile, connecting the dots between spirituality, science and real life. And I was like, okay. So I started scrolling through his content. And to be honest with you, a lot of it I felt resistance around. The things that he was saying is exactly the opposite of what I was taught to believe growing up. I don't know about you, but I have been on just a deep hunt to learn, to broaden my own limited perspective, to dig into things that, yeah, may make me feel uncomfortable, but to view that discomfort as good. Ariemi is the founder of the Soul School. I mean, that name even just poof. In this conversation, he breaks down for me the law of polarity, polarity, and the law of rhythm. These are two universal laws that make sense, probably should have been taught to us, and will make you question maybe a lot. It's unconventional. Thank goodness for it. I have this never is, heard this anyone is the say that. Yeah, can you be thankful for the pain? I don't know. I believe the fastest way to manifest is not through visualization. Here we are. This is my real question to you. to another interview with you and you kind of said it in passing where you said I have been drawn to spirituality and then at five years old you learned your voice wasn't good enough but then you kind of passed by it and I said what yes. happened at five years old it's more a series of things that happened right and I always say this to people your greatest gifts come from your biggest blocks mm -hmm. right and a lot of people have issues growing up with their families because they have most of their traumas being inflicted to them on their families. And what I always try to tell people is you need to understand that the reason your family has inflicted those traumas on you that has caused you to show up in a certain way is simply because they're actually here to give you the clues into where your gifts are, right? So the traumas are the clues to your gifts. And oftentimes these family members, people go through life. I had this with a client. They go through life and they hate their family. And I'm like, do you realize that your family, mother, father, actually loved you enough on the soul plane to be able to incarnate into the physical plane to create hate on the polarity spectrum so that you can find love. I have this never is, heard this anyone is the, say that. Yeah, this is, this is the thing. It's like, I love you so much in the soul contract that I would say, you know what? I would incarnate as the absolute negative worst person in your life that you think has created all of these chaos. And again, we can get into semantics of child abuse and so many different things, of yeah. course. But I'm going to incarnate as this person who comes in with all the hate in the world. And I would introduce you into the polarity of hate. And if you learn to love or express some kind of love in that space, you would open up love in a completely different level that you've never experienced in the universe. That is your key. For me, growing up at five, growing up seeing my father, who was an extremely strong man, extremely connected in the Nigerian government, seeing him have conversations and try to interject in those conversations. And I went, huh, 
I'm not good enough to be here. Or he might send me a message to go do something while everyone is there. And I felt like I had nothing of value to add. Mm -hmm. And I sat there quiet, thinking about how I would have loved to be able to speak on the level that he could. But then because I didn't feel good enough, I went, my voice is not good enough. I'd rather just shut up. And this was a pattern that I had to do some deep regressions to identify different memories where this happened, where I tried to speak and I was shut down. And in that process, I realized this was my trend. It was never feeling like I could really trust this thing that wanted to come out of me. As a result of that, I went through life doing so many other things until I came back into my authenticity and expression. That was my program, right? And for different people, it's different things. But when you realize that whatever you go through in terms of trauma with your family is the gift, you open up a very different conversation with life. Because now you're really going back into your family childhood zones, identifying your blocks, and knowing that, honestly speaking, that is your key to life. What do I do today? I speak. Mm -hmm. What is the one way I coach? I don't even coach with frameworks. I coach based on channels, based on what comes through me. And it hits all the time. And the thing for me has been, can you learn to trust that which you are here to express? And it's been taken of layers and layers of that. So for anyone I work with, what is the thing that happened in your childhood? What is the hate? What, what happened there? Understand that the people around you loved you so much that they came to teach you the lesson. And the reason this is extremely important is when people, and check this out, for a lot of people, they can go out into the world and be the version of the world they want to project. But when they come back into their home, they immediately revert into that old child, right? That childish version of themselves. The reason is that family unit, that space, if you cannot express your real identity in that space fully, you can never fully step into power outside in the world. So that's always the testing ground. That's why people go into the world, they express, they're fully confident, they come back home and they shrink because they haven't learned to really step into their power. And the family's job subconsciously is to constantly reinforce to them that they need to work on themselves until they can fully stand in that family unit. When they can do that, there is nobody outside you can't stand in front of. Nobody. That's the hack. I don't, e I don't even know where to go with you sometimes. Like we've been talking for about 30 minutes and the things that you <laughs> say, and again, I mean this like super respectfully and stuff. It's, I've heard a million times that your calling is lying right next to your greatest wound, but this conviction that you speak in, like where you believe that that was designed from the beginning your yes. calling wasn't like a repercussion of pain. The pain was here to pull out your calling is so mind blowing to me. And I think it's an easier narrative for me to grab onto because it's one that begins with love versus pain. Right. Correct. And I'm guessing you have had to experience something or feel something very countercultural to speak with the conviction that you do. This is the way things are. When did whatever hit you? Was it like a revelation you had? Has it always been there? When did you get downloaded all of this, I guess? First thing I would say is, can you be thankful for the pain? I don't know. That's, it's just a question for you, for your audience, for anyone who's listening to this. Can you become someone that is extremely thankful for the pain? Because that is the gift. And when you become thankful for the pain, it just dissolves because you meet it with love and you finally get the message and you finally get the lesson. 
and you finally get thankful for everyone who went through whatever they went through to teach you that. And I say this because I have, I have clients I deal with this with, right? People who've gone through deep levels of abuse. I had sexual abuse growing up, not from my family, but in my, in my surrounding environment. And I could easily go into victim mood or I can go into, huh, thanks for that. And then that created a whole world of kinks and things inside of me that now you have to go process. And by processing, you get to identify your through authenticity. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so how did, I, how did I get all of this downloaded? I can't say that I know. I can't say there was one moment. I mean, plant medicine has been beautiful on my journey. Plant specifically. medicine? Plant medicine. I yeah. mean, more animal medicine with Bufo. Um, that's DMT, dimethyltryptamine, same thing in ayahuasca. And yeah. it's one of the things that psilocybin gets um, processed into. That was something that got me to a point of just deep connection with my energy. And when I had my first Bufo plant medicine experience, things just evolved from there. All my life has been spiritual. I grew up in a yeah. spiritual home from a line of different people who were spiritual in Nigeria. It's just been there. So I feel like life has been a constant activation. And when I was sitting in my corporate company, I didn't know what was about to change, but I had a long-term relationship with a woman I absolutely loved. I was being successful at the company, but for some reason it felt like my soul was dying. I sat there. I remember sitting there one day looking around, not able to get up from my seat because I didn't want to speak to my colleagues. I hated everything around me. And when I finally got up and left the office that day, my brain literally started attacking me, right? And I used to have this thing where I called my brain Jerry. And Jerry turned on me and just went into full-on attack mode. And it was the first time that happened. And I went, huh, not sure what's going on. And from that day, it's like life just started evolving. And the question has always been, can you allow yourself to die? Can you allow everything around you to die so that you can step into that which you are? Broke the relationship, left the country, left the company didn't understand where money was going to come from and i simply went into surrender mode with the universe i am here to just allow myself to evolve and to flow mm -hmm. through and in that process it's me been coming into deeper levels of myself and the thing for me right with all i do it's not like i'm doing all of this of course it's good to make money of course it's good to help people i believe in being spiritual and extremely rich 100 percent, right because i think there's a huge divide in the world where people are either spiritual or they're rich and they can operate into 3D. I can do both because I studied engineering, was in business, extremely spiritual, right? That's, I make all my decisions based on spirituality. But the whole path here is how authentic and connected to my soul can I be? And in this process, Heather, it's been connecting deeper, feeling what's true for me, running with whatever the universe is bringing my way running with whatever downloads are coming in. And that is what has led me to really start to say, huh, what's really going on here? If you take the laws of the universe, the seven hermetic principles, vibration, rhythm, mentalism, correspondence, cause and effect, polarity, gender, how is that shaping in the whole world? And why are certain things happening? And that's where you start to get the connection of if the soul is love and we are connected on the other end and everything is perfect, then if you're coming into the world, you are creating the animation that you need to mold you into who you need to be because the world is perfect. Mm. And in that process, you start to connect deeper and deeper into everything that is you, into the whole concept of 
the soul being perfect and you the being here being and having that selected everyone that is here and designed to help you and sorry did you say the soul is perfect yeah the soul is perfect and the creation in this world of it is also perfect i think everything is here to help me get to my best levels my best vibration i think everything in the world is here for me and is perfectly chosen to teach me exactly what i need to go to the next step like i literally see every challenge as like something I get to unlock on my soul's journey that allows me to go to the next step. So where people see challenges and they go into this antagonistic mode with challenges, I'm like, okay, great. I am being shown the exact thing that I need to unlock to get to the next level. Can I identify that? Hmm. Whether that's a fight, whether that's a business, whatever it is, it's can I identify what version of me and what, frequency my soul needs to step into for me to overcome this and claim back more of myself okay that's what i really find this whole thing to be like it's like i'm claiming back more of me every single like the business owner who can't cross a certain threshold it's like okay your soul is asking for a new version can you identify that and claim that mm. and once you add that into you your whole world changes and then you go to the next level and the soul goes great another challenge you either play the same game and stay stuck or you identify that, hey, there's a new version of you that needs to come out here. You claim that. And when you embody that, boom, you get to the next level. And it's that's how I see this thing. Here we are. Here we are. This is, I think, my real question to you. You asked me earlier about kind of my intention with speaking to you. And when you said the soul is perfect, I felt a lot of resistance in me. And I think when I saw your IG, soul school in this conversation around the soul, I grew up believing that we were inherently evil and bad yep. and needed redemption. And I don't on paper believe that anymore, but in my being, I still feel a lot of resistance when you say that because back to the polarity conversation, it's so easy to say good, evil, God, devil, and we're fighting against something right? As opposed to accepting everything in its wholeness, that there is, it's all good and it's all here to serve us. That sounds so sexy. And I'm like, let's go. That's awesome. But in me, it's really hard to feel and believe that because I want to separate things as good and bad. And sometimes I even feel like that's me, that we are inherently not good. Messy question and throw up all over you, friend. But how do you know in your bones, that there's something good at work and we can even trust the evil. How can you trust the evil? Let me flip that question back a little bit. Let's go. When I say the soul is perfect, you get resistance to that. What does that resistance feel like in your body? In my body? I guess fear. Fear of what? Overstepping my boundaries into a place of God and not Correct. knowing my place. Correct. Yeah. Let me ask you this other question. When are you most happy? When you are creating your life and you are moving forward in creation of your life or when you're stagnant? Of course, moving forward. Okay. The reason I ask this, I love Myron Golden, right? He's a Christian businessman who talks about it. And he said, God made us, and let's use the Bible for a little bit. He said, God made us in his image. What is the first thing that God talked about in Genesis? God created the heavens and the earth. The mm -hmm. first thing God did is created. When you're in alignment with God, you're in your creation zone. You're doing what you need to do in the world. The reason I bring this up 
is when you are your happiest is when you are doing what God did. The part of you that is resistant and that is scared Hmm. is the part of you that is scared of your own power in this world. Maybe it's the part of you that is scared of the fact that you can actually change the bad, but you are not stepping into that. And whoever is listening to this, maybe it's the part of you that is not able to take responsibility for what you can actually do. Maybe it's the part of you that is playing small. Maybe it's the part of you that is not stepping into your highest potential. And there is this interesting thing with fear there where you can never be God, but you can be as a God. And you can incarnate that energy of God if you're living in your fullest potential. Mm. And even if you're here for 100 years and you get to be God for 100 years in your own sphere, you still can't be God. The thing here, though, is this is how I believe the church, the religious machinations, keeps people small. This is the whole thing of repression. I'm going to tell you you're not perfect. I'm going to tell you you're not good enough. I'm going to tell you you need to be saved so that you can come in and donate to my church every single week and I can show you how to achieve enlightenment versus I can just tell you, hey, you have powers. Look at the seven laws. Connect into your soul. Trust it and see what happens. And the moment you trust it and see what happens, you realize that, wait, I actually don't need this person to help me. Mm. I actually don't need to depend on anything because I'm all powerful. So if you really get to recognize the perfection in everything, the good and bad, and realize that you create it, that is your God element. And if you do that, what you're actually doing, you're not liberating yourself. You're holding yourself 150% accountable, and that is scary. Because now everything around you that is not good is your doing. And that is responsibility. So Mm. people would rather be weak than be responsible. And if you really want to step into your power, you get to choose responsibility. And that is this internal friction that I, and obviously there are different ways to look at it. But if you're having that, it's like, huh, interesting. The question I would ask you is, are you fully 110% stepping into your power? Because the moment you are, is the moment you start to go, good, bad, I don't care, I'm a creator. Good, bad, I don't care, I'm in the image of God. I create, let's go. Mm. very different frequency do you think that plays into i had a note here that you talk you talk a lot about manifesting and how to manifest that's what you help folks do and you said most people don't even know what they want and i circled that on this paper because i felt like i've been in that place too where i might believe you and hear what you're saying but i think i don't even know who i am i don't know what i want i don't there's no clarity around that. Why are we so confused about something that should be so primal? The same reason that there is a church, there are entities that has taught you how to think and to think that your soul is not perfect. How can you even trust the voice of your soul when you fundamentally believe that it's imperfect? And this is interesting, right? I love the thing of manifesting because I've helped people. I used to work with a man. He went from having not cracking more than 6K a month for 20 years to making over a million dollars eight months after we worked together. What did we do? We simply went into his energetics fields and went into discovering his internal resistance around money. Mm. I believe the fastest way to manifest is not through visualization, is not through humdrum affirmations. I believe the fastest way to manifest is to step into your soul's calling. And I believe the most important work anybody can do is to remove the trauma and the conditioning that keeps them stuck in a way where they can't even hear their own soul's voice, right? There is this thing I talk about in the soul school where I literally show people through Robert Edward Grant's work 
mathematically the mathematical steps that you need to take to come out of your soul pattern because people don't realize this but if you take one over x like robert edward grant talks about this if you do one over x right the universe is not the universe as much as it is the u inverse and i love the way he puts this so if you are x a number right a dna sequence your inverse is the world around you and is one over x i promise you right now if you take one over any number I believe apart from 1.618, you would have a looping pattern in the decimal place of that number forever because the soul is going through a pattern where it loops until it can identify its own frequency. And there's a series of steps that you take to break this. I don't want to go into that on this call. It's too mathematical. There's a series of steps that you go to break this, but it all comes down to this concept of the first thing you need to do is you need to expand your identity past your typical construct of your identity the only way to identify your real frequency you need to expand past what you even thought was possible expand past the church expand past your sexual conditioning expand past what you thought was good and bad expand past the concept of war in the middle east and who is good who's right or wrong expand so far out because by so doing you step into the general field and then you get to have a deeper sense of what is truly for you. So you hmm. expand and from then you get you start to condense and you come into your core frequency. You cannot know your core frequency if you are only allowing yourself to witness 20% of the experiences of the universe. And if you're not allowing yourself to stretch into the whole 100% where you don't know what's right, you don't know what's wrong, but you're open, you can't connect into your soul because when you do that and you open up fully, you then go, huh, how does this feel in my body? What's going to happen is instead of operating at 20% of the spectrum, if you operate at 100% of the spectrum, your soul will pull you back a lot farther, a lot faster when you are at the extreme end of what is against your soul, right? So you will start to activate your ability to hear your own frequency. And over time, you will condense into this is what's true for me. The first step to hearing your soul and knowing what you want is to expand past the dogmas that are preventing you from doing that. Once you do that, I promise you, you would immediately start to go, huh, I feel this is for me. I feel this is not. And a lot of the codes, right? This is another thing we'll get into. A lot of the codes of navigating through the universe to a way that's, that puts you in harmony with your own unique frequency in the world comes from the body and comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. What is the whole schooling system designed to do? Put you in your brain and your head, right? And the brain and the head, it just loops around. It's a constant looping engine. And it silences the heart in the process. So a big part of the work of knowing what you want is really coming into the frequency of your heart, expand past your current identity, allow your notion of the world to break. Because by doing that, you would break the notion of the world, but you will find a notion of yourself. And that's where your frequency comes in. That's where you start to know what you want. And I promise you, because of the law of divine compensation, you would immediately start to get everything you need from the universe to fulfill the mission and the expression of your soul. It would just start to come naturally. What is the law of divine compensation? It's the law that you would get everything you need to fulfill your soul's mission here on earth so long as you are playing that path. So if you're really identifying what you're here to do and you step into that power, the universe can't help but help you. It has to help you. That's so it's, comforting. <laughs> it has to help you. But energetically, you must really express that you are committed. We'll go, we're going to go back into two laws now. The law of polarity 
and the law of rhythm. The law of rhythm states that things usually get hard before it gets better. It rhythms up and down. And typically when you're on a journey for your soul, for example, be prepared for the dip. Nobody's prepared for the dip. When I started my business, I went broke. Nobody's prepared for the dip. The reason why you go through that dip is when you go through that dip, you get a lot of pressure, right? And a lot of fear and all the different things that has stopped you from stepping into your journey. You get to feel all of them as they come mm -hmm. up and you process it because you're farthest away from what you actually want. And in that process where you're farthest away from what you actually want, you get to affirm your choice that you deserve what you are going for. And when you cross that chasm, when you cross that point, that's when the universe goes, cool, trigger the law of divine compensation. But it would not answer you if your request is weak. Your request is weak when you quit your job and you go, oh, I can't do it. And then you try to run back. Weak request. This is why you must burn the boats because you're triggering the law of rhythm. You go through it, knowing compensations at the other end. And then you see the challenges, the fear that comes is fear you need to release from your body. The shame that comes when you want to pitch your idea is fear of uh, it's shame that you need to release from your body. All of these things are aspects of yourself that you then discover on the way as you unlock the code to your divine compensation. This is why it's not easy, but it's simple. We're dancing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to shake off all the, all the things that I'm just about to throw up on you. What, what time is it? We got eight minutes. Okay. Eight minutes. I'm going to repeat back to you what I heard. If I feel stuck or confused, I don't know what I want or what my soul's calling is, that that is an invitation for me to experience more life and bring more experiences into my world and pay attention and feel how I feel when I'm exposed to new things. Now, when I start feeling something like, hey, painting bunny rabbits in Minnesota lights me up and I start going down that road, then I need to expect and understand that there is a law that when I'm pursuing that, it's going to give me the polar opposite. Yes. And I need to push past that in order for the law of compensation to kick in and work in my favor to get me there. So if I'm correct in everything I just said so far, and I'm keeping up with you, my next follow-up question to that would be when you think about calling, is this something that shifts and adjusts seasonally? Or do you believe that we're here on earth to do one particular thing? No, I think it, I think it evolves. Why? I think Why it absolutely evolves. It would I be don't so know. much easier if it was some, one. <laughs> some people have one thing they're here to do. And as I'm thinking about this now, even our very notion that we're here to do one thing and there's only one way, even that very notion is so limiting because if I think about it on the higher planes of existence, say, for example, your soul's path is to express love. There's a trillion and one ways to express love. That could be through drawing bunnies and then you get to a point where that's ended. You have to go through a different level of expression. You go express love in that. You go to. It's a similar thread. You're just doing it across multiple different things because this is an infinite universe. So if we're the divine trying to experience itself in infinite ways, there's infinite purposes that you're going to have. And some of it, your, your purpose might last for three days and then it might change again. And that's fine. That's, that's the thing. Go for that. Your purpose might last for 20 years and you execute on that. And then you get to a point where you go, huh, that feeling is gone now and it's coming into something else. Hmm. It's a thread. You don't, it's this is infinite and when we're talking about infinite we get so linear that it needs to be one thing but you understand that infinite is infinite <laughs> yeah. right? it's orders and orders and orders and orders of magnitude if you take the eight billion people in the world and multiply them by eight billion eight billion times still not going to have infinite 
So who are we to think that there is one path versus actually trusting again that perfection of the soul and saying, hey, your only job is really to connect into the vessel of your soul. Hmm. And if you follow it, the road might be hard, but it will be a road that's fulfilling to you. Yeah. If you don't follow it, you would have that empty feeling that money, sex, alcohol, drugs cannot fill. Hmm. And if you're in that state where you're feeling that and you're going, huh, this is empty, you're probably out of alignment with yourself. Job number one is to come into alignment. That is the way you get into flow with this thing called the universe. And all of a sudden, so I'll say this quickly. I talk about the seven laws, right? The seven hermetic principles. One of them is mentalism and is the ability to visualize things into existence because thought precedes everything that's physical. Your ability to use these laws is again directly connected to whether you're on your soul's path or not. Are you flowing with life or against life? If you're flowing with life, and going with this thing in your soul, all of a sudden the laws are a lot easier to use to manipulate the universe because it's for your benefit, it's for your soul's benefit. So the easiest way to manifest is to find your soul's path and whatever is telling you to do, literally follow that mm. and get away from the head and get into the body and go with that and allow it to happen. Because what also one of the things that happens, right, is when people step into this thing of following their soul's path, oftentimes the things they thought they wanted, they no longer want. I wanted to be a billionaire. I can't even even think about that right now, right? I've gotten to a point where for me, it's content, it's contentment, sleep, being able to impact individuals and travel as freely as I want to that I look for. I don't care about the power and all the different things I wanted because the very aspect of me that wasn't enough because I wasn't following my soul's path is gone. So mm. people who want a lot of things, they get into their soul's journey and the want just disappears and then they go, huh, I don't even want that anymore. I see this all the time with clients, <laughs> which is why yeah. you probably can't manifest it because your soul actually doesn't want that. Your logic Damn. and your ego does. Damn. And it's detrimental to your soul to get what you want. So you keep going back and forth and you get what you want and you push back because polarity is in effect. The farther you go with your ego, the farther away you are from your soul. You start going back and forth and both starts to fight until you can calm your ego down, step into your flow, and then go into the pendulum swing where you're just aligning with your soul. And then the things that your ego wanted starts to die. And that starts to change in your physical reality over time. Damn. This is what you do. I know we got two minutes left. I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can get the support. I don't know if it's a school you want to point them to or something else. Uh, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And just thank you, man. I know you didn't know me from anybody else. And just <laughs> willingness to jump on. Let me ask you some deep ass questions at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but where would you like to point our listeners to? Thank you so much because I, I didn't expect, like I said to you, right? I thought we were going to just have a regular chat and here we are into the interview. But I love it because this is... It's real. It's authentic. It doesn't give me yeah. time to think about anything. And I absolutely love it. To find me, my name is Adeyemi Adeyosoye. You can find me on Instagram, A-D-E-Y-E-M-I, A-D-E-Y-O-S-O-Y-E. Instagram is the best way to find me. And you can join the Soul School, which is a community for entrepreneurs, leaders, executives, and coaches who are spiritual and who are navigating this spiritual journey. I've created a space where we all come together and we can dive as deep as we want and we meet every other week and we get to network and travel together and i really made this because in my life when i was in the corporate world i didn't have that i felt very alone and i realized that a core part of healing and a core part of stepping into your purpose is to have other people witness you do it if you don't have that you literally lose 50 percent of your progress a core mm -hmm. way to accelerate growth is through community, which is why I created what I think is the world's first community for spiritual entrepreneurs, leaders, execs, and coaches. 
And that's me. That's the soul school. Linked in the show notes. Uh, Last quick question: What does Ariami mean? The crown fits me. Damn! There you go. (laughs) 